welcome to Kroll Security Concepts Podcast, a podcast where Kroll security experts discuss the more prevalent topics in today's risk environment. Today's podcast is one I've been really looking forward to, as it focuses on one of the more interesting projects that my teammates at Kroll have been working on, and is based in one of my favorite cities. The project is one that has involved both my colleagues in the security risk management practice, as well as colleagues from the forensic investigations and intelligence practice here at Kroll. The project began when Kroll was tasked by the Office of Police Oversight, in consultation with the city manager's office, with a review of the Austin Police Department on the extent to which forms of racism, bigotry, and discrimination were present in the protocols, practices, and behaviors of the Austin Police Department. This review has led to updates to programs and police training that have placed the Austin Police Department at the forefront of modern policing. To discuss some of these new elements being implemented at the Austin Police Department, I brought in Danny Linsky, an integral member of Kroll's team, and a special guest, Chief Joseph Chacon from the Austin Police Department. Danny, would you like to go ahead and lead us off with a question for the Chief? Chief, you changed Austin from, you know, the full military-style boot camp. However... I think you you and your staff recognize the need to train police officers for the stressful events they're going to be in. And while, you know, some of the formality went away, uh, and I think initially some of the concern was that we were going to change and, and, you know, these cadets were not going to be experience any stress at all. But in fact, you guys balanced it well with role play scenarios that are real life and, and putting cadets in stressful situations, getting their amygdala hijacked with cortisol and adrenaline, getting you know, auditory exclusion and, and tunnel vision going on and having them experience that in the academy. So I don't want people to think that your cadets weren't stressed at all. It's that you balance both. You, you let them kind of focus on the academics in the classroom and put them in stressful situations in scenarios and role plays that, uh, you know, were taken right from the streets of Austin from things they might face and kind of prepared them for, you know, both worlds. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Dan. And, you know, really, um, it was a balance because even as we said that we were going to be transitioning from this military boot style type of a training environment that you're describing to one that was more of an adult learning environment, we still needed to maintain, um, you know, certain elements that uh, still continue to instill discipline. Um, It is a almost paramilitary type of profession in that there's rank structure and that uh, you need good discipline in a job because you're going to be challenged all the time by citizenry uh, and and in those really tough calls that officers have to take. The uh, scenario-based training that we do out there is very realistic um, and you're working with live actors, solving problems and putting the things that you have learned throughout the academy to the test to make sure that uh, you've really, you, you're kind of mastering those skills. So it is a very stressful environment. Uh, I don't want anyone to to think this is a college campus. It's, it's really not because you're still doing uh, defensive tactics and firearms proficiency and driving training and scenario-based training. You, you know, you have to be able to demonstrate the ability to diffuse a situation, essentially just using your words and, and it's, it can be a very stressful environment, but it's also a very rewarding one. You know, I think that uh, as people come out of that environment, they graduate and move on to the police department, they are certainly much better for it. 
I know when we started to do our interviews, when we were looking at kind of, you know, what was going on at the PD at the time and then our, you know, thoughts and ideas along with staff and community uh, and the leadership on what we could change. You know, there was some skepticism, as you said, people, you know, cops hate two things, right? They hate change and they hate the way things are. Uh, and I remember having a conversation where, you know, one of the police officials we were talking to said, well, I don't like this idea that you're going to change the academy in this negative manner. And I said, well, you know, what's the negative manner? Well, you're, you know, you're, you're getting rid of the, you know, the way we do it and the, you know, the things, the, the skills they need in the street. And I said, well, we actually, you know, had recommended that we do more physical fitness for the cadets. So they're in better physical shape so that they're less likely to use force and they're likely to use force effectively uh, when they're better physically fit. Do you disagree with better physical fitness? Oh, no, we, we agree with that. Well, we disagree with, uh, you know, you guys are telling them no more stress at the academy. And we said, no, we actually think stress is a good thing and adding more role play scenarios. And in fact, including more defensive tactics time, again, to improve those skill sets that hopefully cops can use the de-escalation training. But if you do have to go hands on, going hands on effectively and quickly uh, will, will lead to better outcomes for the officers, the community and for the person involved. And then they're like, well, we don't disagree with that. And you know, just letting people know exactly what you guys were doing and getting out of the rumor mill uh, and, 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 you know, the reality setting in is that, you know, we were actually listening to their voices. A lot of the, the changes came from staff and cadets we talked to saying that this is how we think we can improve it. And, you know, I think you were um, your team was very good of kind of taking the good and, and, and mixing the feedback for the new uh, new class. I think that's a great point, Dan, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the communication piece. You know, I think if you can demystify what it is that we're doing um, and, and have people just really understand that this is not, it's not really a criticism of the way that you think uh, that you were doing before, but more about let, let's continue to evolve and get better and, um, and taking the feedback and being able, where possible, to institute that feedback it's just huge because then you have the buy-in into into the whole program. I feel like that's what we did, and, and we're a lot a lot closer to uh, to this you know full kind of evolution that we've been striving for than we were obviously when we started the last class. But there's still work to be done. We still have classes that we have to review to make sure that um, we're being very intentional. Uh, looking at each class for diversity, equity, inclusion, for de-escalation, um, and getting through the entire curriculum, and then making sure that that you know we've got the right instructors and and really the right mindset at the academy. I, I you know, uh, was a 19 year old kid when I graduated from the police academy, um, and to find myself back at you know age 55 sitting in the Austin Police Academy on day one with those. Cadets, I was thinking, wow, you know, to do it all over again, this would be great. But what was really impressive, and kudos to your recruiting team, was the diversity you had in the class. I, I think there were people from four countries. There were cadets from, I, I counted, 15 or 16 states, different language skills, different lifestyles, um, members of the LBGTQ plus community. Uh, former police officers, you were able to recruit and attract police officers from several jurisdictions uh, to come into your class. What's the secret of that success? Because you know, police departments across America are trying to recruit and recruiting was hard before to get diverse candidates to a police academy. It's even harder now uh, when a lot of folks are looking at policing as something they, they maybe don't want to spend their career in. But uh, your team 
hit it out of the park? I think um, it has a lot to do with the fact that Austin is a destination city at this point. Uh, it's just a really, really cool city to, uh, to live in, to raise a family and have a career in. Um, so we're lucky, we're blessed. We pay our officers very competitively. Uh, so the pay is, uh, is pretty decent for, uh, for, for the city. The city continues as, as uh, you know, continues to grow in popularity and size. The affordability factor is really being strained, and the cost of housing continues to go up, like it is in other parts of the country. But you know, we've been—you uh, know—we've just been blessed to have a, a good reputation, uh, and really that people want to to move here and be a part of this organization. So even as the pandemic was going, and even as we've had you know issues and challenges, just like other police departments, our recruiting really has not dropped off that much. And we continue to get a pretty uh, healthy stream of individuals that want to keep working here or, or applying here and, and trying to get a job here. And, you know, we're, we're sometimes better positioned than other, other departments. So, Chief, now that you've been through one of these processes, you've upgraded the program, what are the lessons learned? What are the things you're going to take with you to further develop the training for your officers? So, so one of the, uh, you know, there, there were actually several lessons that were, that were learned as we went through a pilot class and, and um, really working with Kroll on implementing suggestions, one of the things was uh, scheduling issues and just making sure that, you know, we weren't asking our cadets to display skills that we haven't even taught them yet. And so, um, you know, working with our civilian training manager, Dr. Ann Kringen, on those issues and really um, looking at curriculum and making sure that everything is lining out as well. Her and her team are providing feedback to our cadet instructors, which are police officers, uh, to make sure that that instruction is meaningful and that it's appropriate. Um, so it's it's kind of this evolution that just keeps on uh, keeps on happening. Uh, I'll give you an example of uh, one of the things that we had done previously was one of the toughest blocks of instruction for our cadets to get through is penal code. It's a very, very big, uh, you know, chapter in our government code and uh, just really tough. We taught it all in one block. What we've done is now is break that up into smaller, kind of more digestible blocks of instruction that is actually helping our cadets to learn the material better and um, achieve uh, passing scores on those written examinations. Um, and then finally, uh, what I would probably mention as a lesson learned was um, – you know, some time back, we had eliminated rideouts from uh, the training uh, curricula. Uh, that is having our cadets kind of take a break from the regular academy setting, get into a police car with a, you know, one of our current officers, and then uh, have this riding period for a week where they get to experience what it's like to uh, police in Austin. And, um, you know, we really got, got away from that uh, because we were looking to uh, use that time for other things and, um, and actually, it was a Kroll recommendation as well as feedback that we got from our cadets that they really would like to see that because it'd be good to understand what it is to be a police officer uh, in, the, in the city of Austin. And so we've reinstalled that into uh, the current cadet class, and they'll be doing a week ride out. So lots of lessons, and, and those continue. Excellent. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit about some of the new initiatives that you guys are taking. They're really getting your cadets out there in the community to be better associated with the community and to allow the community to be better associated with the current and the 
future police that are going to be out there on the streets. Uh, I think it's an excellent program. When we're talking about some of the things that, that you have done, the, some of the changes have been made, uh, some of the changes to the curricula and to the overall program, the important thing that you as a chief have to obviously monitor is how's that being received by your own personnel and really how's that being received by Austin? Uh, what, do you, what do you hear in a, as feedback goes as far as uh, the changes that you're making? Yeah, so the uh, the pilot class um, the, or the new uh, kind of training paradigm that I'm talking about started about the middle of 2021. And what we noticed right away was um, a resistance, uh, skepticism uh, that was coming from um, training staff as well as kind of the rank and file in the department that were hearing about the changes that were happening in our training academy. I think that any department that goes through this can expect that they are going to see this because we had been training in a certain way for decades. And, um, and, it, and it was really this, you know, kind of building up this warrior mindset um, for the dangers of the job. And I'm not saying certainly that you don't need to uh, prepare officers for those really tough calls, for the dangerous situations and make sure that there is, you know, um, that they have uh, survival instincts at times. But that is a minority of the of the time for them and a minority of their work. And really, we should be building them um, and, and how we can have better outcomes um, in these really tough and stressful situations. So, um, you know, there has been some some changeover of staff uh, to, to make sure that we got the right the people with the right mindset out there because we cannot give up on the effort. We've got to continue pushing forward with uh, really what is what is a reform of police training, uh, a different way of thinking. Um, and, and for our newer cadets, it really has been uh, something they've uh, adapted to very well. Uh, I think they have an expectation that this is how we're going to, you know, that, ha- that how we're going to teach. And as well as our community, our community has really loved it. They have, uh, you know, the, tr- the, the feedback has been pretty tremendous, you know, just knowing that we're really kind of leaning into this new way of policing uh, and that we're trying to make the police department better, more responsive to our community. Yeah, I've certainly seen that in media coverage and, and really just in people discussing what's happening there is Austin always wants to be at the cutting edge of, of most things. And that's what they've always been. So when they see that they are leading this charge towards, you know, that this new type of police and this new type of training and this new type of really management of police force, I I think that there's a lot of pride in that. And, and they're saying that they're getting a lot of benefit out of these new programs. So, Chief, are there any key elements that you might pass along to other chiefs of police that are looking to develop new types of training curricula and new types of programs? Are there any key elements that you might pass on to them in that early stage that they should be aware of as they start doing this planning? Yeah. So, um, just a couple words of advice, I guess, is first, you've got to be patient. Um, your culture probably is baked in like it was here at the Austin Police Department, and it's going to take some time to make culture change. Uh, There has to be a a determination that you're going to do it and and a willingness to stick with it. As you go through that process, you've really got to communicate with your folks. I was in front of my staff and in front of the cadets multiple times throughout the cadet class, reinforcing uh, the effort, uh, talking about the expectations, 
and just making sure that people were really on board. You got to be willing to make some tough moves sometimes. Even people maybe that have been in your academy for quite some time that uh, that feel that they have property rights to the job, but are not willing to get on board with your new program. And you got to be willing to move them. And then finally, I would just say, you know, you really need uh, to be willing to pivot when you see that you've started something and it's just really not working. And maybe you need to go in a different direction. Um, we had to do that a couple times throughout the throughout the academy, and uh, and you know, it, sometimes those those moves are, are a little tough to make. But uh, you've got to be willing to to make the tough decisions and uh, to put the uh, the organization sometimes above an individual. Well stated, Chief. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for coming on and tell us about the great things you're doing down there in Austin. I also want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and ask you to subscribe at your preferred podcast provider. And we hope to see you next month where we're going to discuss the great increase in retail theft that you're seeing all over the media today. 